This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. We're going to turn our focus on something that has gotten a lot of people talking. You would swear that the green paper was just only about that. It's actually about much more and many things. It's a green paper on marriages in South Africa issued by the Department of Home Affairs. And it's really an interesting 72-page document that reflects uh, on a variety of issues where marriages are concerned, the types of marriages, statistics on marriages, how we enter into marriages, customary marriages, considerations of considerations of evolving ways in which people want to do relationships and want to enter into unions and so on. So my guest is Sitlem Tiane, Chief Director of Policy, Department of Home Affairs. Sitlem, good morning. Welcome to Power Talk. Good <laughs> No, we are fine, Lukona. We are fine, bro. No, that's that's good. Uh, I know the most controversial topical one. We'll leave it and pack it for for later. But probably, why is it necessary to have this green paper on marriages? What has happened in the landscape? And I know uh, some pieces of legislation are said to be pro- probably outdated, some elements unconstitutional, but just probably paint a picture. Why this green paper at this moment? Now, good morning, Lopona, again, and good morning to uh, your listeners. Uh, there are a few issues that you are trying to address, Lopona, but I think the most important one, Lopona, is to say we have uh, various pieces of legislation that are trying to address one issue. That is either it depends how you want to call it, uh, marriage or civil union. Mm. Now, if you look at those, there are three pieces of legislation. The first one deals with uh, marriages for uh, opposite sex, monogamous opposite sex, mm. which means it's, it's two people, it's either the female and the male. The problem with that legislation, if you look at it alone, it excludes other other people like and I'm still de- dealing with uh, monogamous marriage. Yes. Hindu marriages are not uh, recognized in South Africa as legal marriages. They remain religious marriages. Mm. And the problem with that, when that marriage is dissolved, the estate issue becomes very serious. Because uh, in, in most cases, this is women and children who get affected. Because yeah. there is no proper uh, legal process that is uh, regulated for dissolving such a marriage. Two, Muslim marriages, and again, I haven't spoken, I'm not talking about polygamous one at this stage. Absolutely. Even those Muslim marriages that are monogamous, they're also not recognized in South Africa as um, legal marriages. Again, the same problem happens with women. And, and children. And the problem with the Muslim marriages is generally, in terms of their religion, they are out of community of property, meaning there is, there is no, we share nothing in terms of estate. If the marriage is dissolved and is dissolved in a, um, in, in a temple, basically, by the priest, there is no court process involved. Mm. So it's, it, it, 
Therefore, from that point of view, it's necessitated that as the state, you need to put in place a legal framework that protects everyone who wants to get married. Mm. So that is number one. That is a monogamous marriage is for opposite sex. Then in 2006, the state put in place another legislation that deals with monogamous marriage. But this is now where same-sex uh, couples are involved. It then allows same-sex uh, uh, partners to, to, to marry and to have similar benefits that are enjoyed by those couples who are married under the 1961 Act. The only difference between the two legislation is that the 2006 legislation allows for uh, same-sex while mm. the 1961 does not allow for same sex. Yeah. Then the other challenge, especially with the 1961 Act, it allows children who are younger than 18 years to get married. Uh, Lukona, um, you, you will be shocked mm. that our statistics is showing that there are teenagers who are already registered as widows. They are teenagers who are already registered as, um, uh, firstly, as widows, and secondly, as divorcees. So it tells you that uh, they, and this is not acceptable, uh, Lukona. And And sister, just quickly to get clarity on that, they are registered officially on home affairs or... Uh, they are, they are, they are, they are, you are saying that that is their status because, I mean, I would imagine, are you able to register as a widow if you had never registered your, your marriage? In fact, what it means is because the, the 1961 Act allows a, a teenager, a child, if you are less than 18 years, it allows you to get married. Mm. It means there was a proper legal process okay. for solemnizing that marriage and and, and then... And that process, it requires a parent or a guardian or a minister to give a, a consent on behalf of the teenager for the marriage to take place. So yeah. it's, there are legal marriages, but we have now signed various um, protocols. Uh, firstly, signed the um, protocol on gender and development, where we uh, it's speaks against child marriages to the international protocol on consent, which deals with um, the issue of when you enter into marriage. It also deals with that issue of children marriages. Number three, the 2005 Children's Act, the legal age of majority is 18 years. Mm. So we are trying to align again this legislation to that to make sure that there will be no uh, marriages that involve children. And if that happens, what we are proposing on the paper is there should be legal consequences for whoever, like uh, whether it's a parent or a guardian, yeah. would have facilitated that. 
Okay, that makes sense because I mean we, I know of communities where we still have this issue of uh, what has now been termed child marriages uh, in some communities, which have adverse effects on the girl child in some instances, forcing them out of school, Correct. having to you know build a home and all of these things. Correct. Uh, Correct. So I Correct. definitely get that. So take us through then, Sitle, on some of the other marriage types now that you are sure. probably trying to accommodate. I know you had a long consultation process, for example, with traditional leaders, um, mm. feeling somewhat unhappy with elements of the Customer Marriages Act um, insofar as there are certain cultural practices that are not even at that level uh, recognized as part and parcel of uh, what constitutes a customary marriage like umtato i think was mm. one of the ones that mm. were, 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 were were cited mm. in the green paper and yeah. another for Okterinyongo and and all of these things mm. so can mm. you talk us through there as well what are, what are some of the issues and uh, are they potentially going to be resolved or this green paper of course is a discussion document it's one thing what ends up uh, on a white paper and a piece of legislation Great. No, thanks for that, Lukona. Let me then proceed to... Um, uh, people call them customary marriages, but all marriages are customary, whether it's a Western marriage or not. So, But th- let's stay with them being customary for, uh, for now. Mm. Here, then in, 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 in 1998, then uh, again, recognizing that there were marriages of our people, now we're talking about indigenous black uh, communities here. Yeah, you slew, you slew nation, Kosa, uh, Papedi, you name all the indigenous persons. Then this legislation was put in place, and it's called Recognition of Custom, Custom, Customary Marriages Act. Yes. It recognizes the already existing marriages which were, which could not be recognized under the 1961 Act. It could also not be recognized under the Black Administration Act that was uh, meant for black persons, but only for monogamous marriages. Mm. Then what happens in this case, when, when this piece of legislation was introduced, it then excluded other races. It's, it assumes that it's only the indigenous black South Africans who, who partake in uh, polygamous marriage. Yes. And that is wrong. Because now we know that, uh, again, um, uh, other communities do that, other races. Like, if you're talking about Muslim community as well, they engage on that one. I think the Jewish community as well, they do the same. The other communities. So what we do is, firstly... With this, with this uh, legislation or this part of the legal framework, is to say it should not only apply to indigenous black South Africans. Mm. You must extend it to all races, to everyone, in fact, who want to be married under this uh, legal framework, which allows you to have more than one wife. And then when we were engaging with stakeholders, because this is an issue now that has come out very strongly from uh, various uh, media platforms. Yes. Then as part of our engagement, we engaged religious leaders, traditional leaders, uh, uh, gender activists, uh, LGBTIQ plus group, 
and non-binary community generally. Mm. Then they then say to us, if you want to remain true to the meaning of Section 9 of the Constitution, which speaks about equality, which speaks about non-discrimination, then you, you ought to extend the same right that you're extending to men. You ought to extend that right to us as women or to those who are not either men or women who, or, who do not want to be uh, recognized uh, in, in line with the binary um, divide, which is male or female. Yes. So you must then extend that right to everyone. Don't say uh, you, are, you are only... So polygamy has got two types. Yes. Uh, that, that's with, included on the green paper. Polygyny and uh, polyandry. Polygyny can you can, can you can you then, you know, just for the benefit of our listeners, uh, delve yeah. into the differences? Because for too long a time in South Africa, when mm. we talk polygamy, we mm. ipso facto think we are talking about polygyny. Yes. So you're quite right, uh, Lucona. Then polygyny. Is, the, is what we are used to. It's a, it's a patriarchal kind of a polygamous marriage where a man has got uh, more than one wife. That is legislated through the Customary Marriage Act of 1998. Then, then the gender ex- activists, they then said to us, no, 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 Section 9 says equality, then introduce polyandry. And polyandry, it's what it, it, it's practiced in, in, there are few communities that are practicing it, but you know when you're drafting the police, you've got to include what is being said by your, your stakeholders. Do we have, do we have polyandrous uh, uh, people in South Africa? Yes, we do have that community. In fact, yesterday I was on um, another media platform with uh, a, a, someone who actually represents that community. Mm. I will share the name uh, offline with you. Maybe you, you may want to invite yes. that, that community to, to, to partake in this discussion. Well, before I do that, uh, let me invite the listening power community on 0861-987-000. We're talking about the Green Paper on Marriages. All things involved, I do know this one on polyandry, has caught the eye of many people and the eye of others, uh, to tell the truth. But please do uh, come in and join this conversation with Sitlem Tiane, the Chief Director of Policy at the Department of Home Affairs. Now, Sitlem, the very, the very issue of legislating marriages, for me, is quite a curious one. Um I, I I I get the questions around estate and this and that. Um, these these marriages beyond just them being registered with Home Affairs to say I'm married to so and so. Why is it important to even legislate uh, so elaborately on marriages and not just leave people to decide what nature of marriages they want into, to enter into, and then just come and 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 come and present themselves to Home Affairs without necessarily creating a huge legislative uh, framework for it? No, thanks for that, Lucona. You, you know, once we get to legislative draft, it's going to be a very simple legislation. Because mm. all that you want is this is a legal agreement between two or more human beings. As, and as a state, that is how far we, we go. We're talking about a gender-neutral legal framework. It's not our business as a state 
we we do not we want to separate two things the state and religion or even culture at the level of a state we want to make sure that the legal agreement that you enter into it's a constitutional binding or it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an agreement that will stand the test of the constitution if you are if, if you are taken to court that is why upright is saying we're removing the issue of children who are less than 18 because they yeah. cannot enter into a legally binding agreement yes whether whether you whether you've entered into a marriage through a, a following a zulu custom a, a Tsonga custom or Western custom, for us, it's not an issue. What is an issue for us? There will be two types of marriages. There will either be a monogamous marriage, either opposite sex or same sex, and there will be polygamous marriages, which will either be a, a polyandrous or polygynous uh, kind of a, a marriage. That is how far the state will go. Okay. All right. So let's just listen in. I've got Tebukho on the line. Tebukho, good morning. Yeah, I see what you did there. Look, man, look, I just want to agree with your guest and with regarding to polyandry that there's a polyandry community. And most men have been engaging in polyandry and some knowing, some unaware. Because I've seen many, many guys proposing women on the street at workplace. And in fact, I'm telling you, I think I'm going to go somewhere. Yeah. So that's polyandry. The problem is it just, it was hidden under the tables. But man, the people are just making halabaloo about it. But that is a known fact that polyandry exists. There are many women who are who function with two, three, three men. And some they are compatible. Bam Jen not by Jela ten dot one is always two. Bam fish with two maquapen. Maquapen is in it's polyandry, just that it's not recognized. But we know it is it's part of polyandry. So I agree with the with the guest. Polyandry exists. Government let it government make it legally so abafaz na bobabe namatishin wa bay ketelot bafungan one three four minangitit it's okay. Tebuko bay ketele gegozwagasle. there's an interesting question that has come up uh, riding on what Tebuko is saying. When you open up this space, so what what of cross collaboration? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to put this properly. So there's a polyandrous uh, situation here. Uh, female has three husbands, and then one of the husbands uh, wants to marry a second wife. How do you... Is that part of the conversation you are having? So, look uh, uh, okay, okay, I can hear you now. I can hear you now. Okay, no, I also thought I, I had lost you, but... Um Quickly on this one, just uh, we we have not gone beyond just introducing the concept yes. in discussion, and I will tell you why. It's because what we've put out at this stage, it's not a government position. No, absolutely. We are engaging uh, communities to hear their views. If what has been brought to our attention is something that could be implemented, and we are we are expecting uh, the public to give us a views, besides having gazetted the paper, 
we are going to have uh, a extensive stakeholder engagement just to get views in case we continue with what has been recommended to us. How can this be implemented and what kind of a legal framework are we going to put in place for us to be able to manage this? Mm. Yeah. Now, let me ask you something, Sitle, which uh, I have found very worrying in the legislation on marriages. Why is it the default position? Um, and, and I want to ask because I haven't read the entire paper. I've read parts of it. Um, does the issue of uh, you know marriage, if it is being registered with home affairs, automatically becoming in community of property, is it being addressed? Because for people who then want to go out of community of property and sign an antinatural uh, contract, take it to the notaries, it's actually an expense. It's an expensive exercise mm. uh, because you need money to afford the attorneys. Mm. So. Mm. which then makes it an elitist thing, which means people in the village can't have the option to be married out of community of property or people in the township who are unemployed and don't have the money for the notaries. So is this something that you have uh, attended to in this discussion paper? In fact, you are are quite right, uh, Lukoda. It's addressed. So how we address that issue is, by the way, when when you register with Home Affairs, you, you still have an option that there are three types of um, marriage regimes. It's either you go for uh, marriage in community of property yeah. or marriage out of community of property with accrual or without, without accrual. accrual. Yeah. So you are given that opportunity when you come to register your marriage. But how are we addressing it? Because the point that you're raising is very important because mm. it also affects customary marriages. Yes. And before I get to how it affects custom, customary marriages, let me explain. So when people come to, to, to get married, they are so excited. They even forget what are the implications of, the, of a different marriage regime that they are signing for because this is a legal contract. And... That is the, the, the point that you're trying to stress. Yeah. It's well and good uh, religious and, 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 and customary communities to, 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 to practice whatever, whatever you want to achieve with what you're doing at a religious and a customary level. But once you come where you commit yourself, this is, this is something that has got implications in terms of how you're going to uh, spend your money and allocate your resources. So, the paper then says is we shouldn't have a default position in terms of this marriage uh, regimes. Yes. We will in, we'll make sure that there is counseling. Whoever is a marriage officer must undertake counseling. And as part of counseling, you must explain in detail what are the implications of each marriage regime that you are committing. Absolutely. In fact, I think, I think let's make a commitment between ourselves at some point. Um, sure. do a part two of this conversation because I'm going right. to run out of time because what you are raising is so important in su- in such a sense that people think they can even do Lobola negotiations and have that paper that uh, you know is signed during the Lobola negotiations and then go do out of prop- out of community of property and yet right. notaries would say no first do the out of community of property contract then go for Lobola negotiations so I, I do want us to probably have some more time to unpack this because there are a lot of issues that are, are on this so let's leave it there this morning and then probably pick it up next week sometime.
Thank you so much, Lukona. Thank you. Sitlem Tiane, the Chief Director for Policy Department of Home Affairs on the Green Paper on Marriages. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.